Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, I'm Kim Bloomer. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Jeannie Thomason, your other host. And today we're going to be talking about our animals, how they are our partners in healing. And we're going to be speaking with C.J. Poitnin. She was our guest a couple of months back, and we talked about natural animal care, A to Z. But today we're going to be talking about the other passion of C.J.'s. And it is one of ours also, Jeannie, because, I mean, this is so important. It just really shows the human-animal bond, which is the other aspect of our show. Well, Nick is concurring. That's Jeannie's word. <laughs> well, actually, one of my puppies that I sold uh, about two years ago just became a certified um, animal assistant therapy dog, so that's really oh, exciting. That is- Oh, awesome, Jeannie. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about all of that stuff today. Before we do, we're going to hear from one of our partners, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally. We'll be right back. Got a cool cat. Got a cool cat. Got a cool do you have a cool cat in the house? Well, of course I do. Got a camera? Then take a quick pic of your cool cat and enter the Pet Life Radio Cool Cat Contest. Pet Life Radio is partnering with Morris and Nine Lives to give you the chance to win a really cool cat care kit. Get a Nine Lives Play and Scratch Play Post, Nine Lives Wooly Cat Bed, Nine Lives Food Bowl, Morris Play Spinners, and much, much more. You'll also get an autographed copy of Pet Edutainer Arden Moore's new book, Happy Cat, Happy You. Everybody gets a chance to vote, and the top five coolest cats win an awesome cool cat care kit from Pet Life Radio and Nine Lives. To enter, just go to the PetLifeRadio.com website or CoolCatContest.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. World. 
know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, as we said, we're speaking today with C.J. Poitnin, and uh, she is an accomplished author. My goodness, this woman's written a lot of books, and my favorite is the Encyclopedia of Natural Pet Care, of course. Right. And uh, she also works with her beautiful therapy dog, Chloe, and we're going to hear all about um, animal-assisted therapy today. And we'd like to say hello to uh, Kathy Paris, who is out in the audience. She's one of the um, hosts here on Blog Talk Radio with the Drive Time Talk Time Show. She'll be our guest tomorrow, so um, welcome, Kathy. I'm glad you're out there and anybody else who's in the listening audience. Um, CJ, it's wonderful to have you back with us. I mean, you're just a woman with that's, that gets exponentially deeper with everything that you know. Oh, it's nice to be back. And like you said, uh, today we're not really talking about improving our pet's health. We're talking about the ways in which our pets can improve our health. Mm-hmm. And, and that's um, really the truth, and that's why I said it was our partners in healing because, mm-hmm. and it's amazing, I was at your site, uh, the site where you um, talk about this work, and I'll just go ahead and give that to the audience real quick. If I, um, It is um, HudsonValleyVisitingPets.com, and I'll type it in our chat room, but uh, today we're going to be talking not just about the Delta Society Pet Partners, but the READ program, which is really cool. Okay, that is something that's really near and dear to my heart, um, CJ, because because of the literacy situation in our country. And I find, you know, I was one of those people that grew up with uh, reading not being an option in my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, and it, and really, you're, you can you can learn so much just through reading. I don't care if it's novels or what. So it's so important that um, these children are being afforded this opportunity, and at the same time that it's animals. I can't think of a better combination mm-hmm. than to That's have animals. Right. So would you tell us, um, tell us about your background first, uh, CJ, and then um, how you got into working with um, in pet-assisted therapy? Well, I started out um, getting a Labrador Retriever about 15 years ago, and uh, I didn't know really much about pet therapy. I knew that it was out there. I asked our obedience instructor if anyone in this area was doing pet therapy, and it turned out that the Hudson Valley Humane Society was just then beginning a program. And so my uh, lab, Samantha, and I joined. And um, So we is were, it Chloe or Samantha? It's, well, this was Samantha. It was Samantha days. at the time. Okay. Right. This was 15 years ago. And... Um, she was just a natural, and uh, at the same time, though, this program was very new, and the um, lady who was starting it, Dolores Schaub, who's now the director of our program, uh, she and I decided that we should really learn a lot more than we already knew about it, being as we didn't know very much. So we joined all the pet therapy organizations that were available here in the New York area at the time, Wow! and we 
consulted with anyone who knew anything, and uh, we just wanted to create a program that was really safe and effective. Mm. And we were particularly impressed with the Delta Society's way of doing things because not only did they screen the dogs or the other pets for um, having the right personality and the basic obedience and, you know, being safe to bring into facilities, but they also had a training workshop for just the handlers. And so that's why we made our program um, a Delta affiliate. We became a Delta affiliate. We're one of three such affiliate programs in New York State. So that means that everybody who joins our program has to have taken the Delta training. They go through the Delta test, which is called an evaluation. And in the evaluation, you are evaluated not just according to your animal's basic obedience and personality, but also the bond between you and how well you work together. So it's a little bit different from what a lot of people expect. In other words, there's much more to bringing a dog into a facility than having some basic obedience. Mm. Yeah. We're also yeah, concerned with the um, temperament of the dog or the other animal and what the animal uh, really enjoys doing. Not every dog wants to be petted. Not every animal right. likes to travel. Not every animal enjoys going into unfamiliar buildings. And um, so the ideal therapy animal, for those of you who are listening to the program today, and you might be interested in sharing your animal's love with people in assisted living homes or nursing homes or hospitals or adult day programs or senior centers or schools or libraries, there are three basic ingredients. One is the animal really has to be healthy. Another is the animal really has to enjoy contact, physical contact, emotional contact with people. If your animal really isn't sociable and would rather be out doing something else, mm. then this is not the line of work that's ideal for them. Okay. And then the third is for dogs especially, some basic obedience so that they're not dragging you around on the leash, knocking people over, bumping into things, um, you know, overwhelming people yeah. Yeah. or being or being potentially dangerous. Mm -hmm. So in the um, training, you learn a lot about um, the kind of the ins and outs of animal assisted therapy, how it's how it works. Um, how to choose a facility that's appropriate and compatible for you and your animal, um, how to deal with staff, um, how to approach facilities and find out if they're interested in having pet visits. The demand for pet visits is greatly increasing. Uh, in most areas, the demand exceeds the supply. Oh, well, that's kind of good news. <laughs> right, it's kind of good news. And it means that if you really want to do this kind of work, really no matter where you are, you should be able to find some kind of organization, either a local, regional, or national organization. Delta Society just happens to be one of many, and it's an international organization that can provide you with liability insurance, which is an excellent idea. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be going into facilities where... Something might happen and you might be completely innocent. Your animal might be completely innocent and have nothing to do with the what happened, but you get blamed and you have legal expenses and, um, you know, things like that can happen. This is sure. a litigious society. So you want to go yeah. with liability insurance. You want to go with some credentials and they're out there. Your program sounds really wonderful. Um, CJ, and I do know that you have a... Um, 
a therapy dog camp coming up in October, isn't that? We do. We we ran our first therapy dog camp last October. Uh, we had it was it was a small camp because the facility that we use is a dormitory and it has you know a limited number of rooms, but that's okay. We had a small um, staff of outstanding instructors, and um, some of the dogs came from Oregon. We're in New York. Um, one lady came up from Cancun in Mexico. We had dogs visiting from Florida and Virginia, up and down wow. the eastern seaboard. Uh, we had a woman coming from Chicago. So it was exciting to have the very first therapy dog camp, and we had a lot of workshops for the dogs and handlers. Uh, we had special workshops that the dogs got to sleep through and that the handlers uh. took. Uh, we had all kinds of <laughs> special events, uh, everything from basic uh, training. And um, this, but however, this was for dogs that were already working therapy dogs. So when right. I say right. training, right. I don't mean well. I know, understand the food was really good too, huh? Yeah, <laughs> the food was great. We had it at this Russian foundation, and they have a terrific mm-hmm. kitchen, great chefs, and um, it was a, a big success. Some of the so you're doing this in, yes, when in are. October? We're doing October? it again in October, and um, people can find the application form on our website, which, as you mentioned, is HudsonValleyVisitingPets.com. This will be a, a three-day camp. It starts on Friday, the 24th of October, so it runs all day Friday, all day Saturday, the 25th, and all day Sunday, the 26th. Uh, this wow. Year, Sarah Wilson is one of our headline trainers. Uh, she and her husband, Brian Kilcommons, have written a number of best-selling books and have been on television a lot. And so she's coming to do some special workshops for the dog handler teams. And Elizabeth Teal is one of the leading experts on animal-assisted therapy. She's in Florida, so she's coming back. She was a big hit at our workshop at our workshops this last fall. And then we have assorted other, you know, miscellaneous things like the legal aspects of animal-assisted mm. therapy. Why uh-huh. again? Why you want to have liability insurance and mm-hmm. you know things that can go wrong that you want to protect against. Well, CJ, what do you know who was the per- first person that ever thought about even putting pets or any kind of animal in, you know, out in the public to help assist well, they say in that dealing the therapies? The, they say that the ancient Romans were uh, wow. involved with this wow, activity, especially with horses and so mm. hippotherapy, right, hoardy, riding a horse for therapeutic benefits mm-hmm. goes way back. And I think people have intuitively understood that animals have a healing effect, a healing presence. Right. My understanding is that um, the people who were involved with uh, creating Therapy Dogs International were among the first. Mm -hmm. Healthcare practitioners who recognized this wonderful bond between humans and and animals and the... um, you know, the lowering of the blood pressure and people become more relaxed. And here are some of the things that are really typical in a nursing home situation. You'll come in with your calm, friendly, um, well-traveled dog, cat, bird, rabbit, guinea pig, whatever it might be, and um, someone begins to talk to you and pet the animal and you have a wonderful conversation. Meanwhile, people around you might be behaving a little oddly like crying or getting all excited and then Mm. we find out later that this person has refused to speak to anyone for six weeks, three months, however long it might be. Um, There are just ways that these animals do magical things. My uh, 
Samantha, my, yeah, Samantha, my first uh, therapy dog, um, died about five years ago. And then when I got Chloe as a puppy, I had to wait for her to grow up and be at least a year old to do this work because that's the minimum age. But she really picked up right where Samantha left off and her favorite places to visit were also Samantha's favorite. And uh, one of those is a locked psychiatric ward at a hospital uh, here in Rockland County, New York. And um, she just... There's just something special about what happens when you bring an animal into a setting where, first of all, people were not speaking to each other. They were all caught up in their own little worlds. Uh, They were maybe antagonistic or uncooperative. They didn't want to really do much participating in groups, but this was a little change of pace, so they were on their best behavior and they got into this special group. And then it's just like turning on a light bulb. You know, the people became or often become very cooperative, you know, handing handing treats to one another to give to the dog or petting the dog or brushing the dog or having the dog do tricks. So it's it's really rewarding. And then again, you did say that these animals that are chosen are ones that really want to do this. Well, they're tested for aptitude, uh, at least in Delta Society and in several of the other uh, national and regional programs. So it isn't just basic obedience, because you can have a dog that's really obedient and will go over to someone because the handler instructs the dog to. Mm -hmm. But the dog is just kind of standing there wishing it were outdoors playing or doing agility (laughs) or doing rally obedience or something that's a lot more fun than standing around getting petted by a bunch of strangers. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the animals um, in our program and in, in many, if not most, of the therapy dog programs nationwide are tested for aptitude as well as basic obedience. Now, some of the national and uh, regional programs only deal with dogs, and dogs are by far the most familiar and numerous of the therapy animals. But um, oh, but there's um, many horses and all kinds yeah, of other animals some now. Some organizations, Delta Society will accept any domestic animal. So you could have a pet chicken, you could have a goat, a llama, you know, a bunny rabbit. In our program, we have had um, guinea pigs. We have briefly had a pot belly pig in our program. We I like a, guinea pigs. I a lot those. of a lot of dogs. Uh, we have had several cats and rabbits, and we also have a beautiful Moroccan cockatoo. Mm. Are you serious? Yes. And the therapy cockatoo, you're kidding me. A therapy cockatoo, yes. Well, they do love wow. the attention. Yeah. Well, cockatoos do love attention, but I'm just amazed that they would be well, used this is a very to... This is a very special cockatoo. This cockatoo mm. was actually abandoned. And um, my friend Dolores Schaub, who's the director of our program, was uh, working for Hudson Valley Humane Society when this bird was found by a landlord abandoned in a beautiful wrought iron cage, you know, with all the equipment in an apartment. So the bird was was taken to the shelter, soon began barking like a dog, and uh, (laughs) Dolores said, you know, this this bird is too cool, I'm going to take this bird home. Well, she has three young sons and a house full of Doberman Pinschers. And mm. so this bird is bomb-proof and really a sweetheart and was obviously raised from a hatchling. Right. Um, very comfortable with people. 
and just makes an awesome, awesome therapy bird. Oh, I am yeah. so impressed to hear that. Yeah, his name wonderful. was his name was Gizmo for the first seven years, and then just a few months ago, Gizmo laid an egg. Oh. So, <laughs> he's now Gazette. Gazette. <laughs> But Gizmo is that a huge is, kid. He's also potty trained, or she is right oh, now. Yeah, they can so, be trained. Yeah, That's so, awesome. Well, I bet the people really love oh, seeing absolutely. a bird. And it's hard to tell who gets more excited, the nursing home residents who see this or the pre-K crowd when we go right. to a preschool to bring a, a big wastebasket over, take Gazette right. out of her cage, hold her up, and she makes a deposit in the trash can. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you know what, though, I'm amazed because I'm really drawn to cockatoos, as Jeannie knows, but I know that those birds are just not a bird for everybody, so I'm so impressed to hear that. Well, there are two ways to visit with a bird. Gazette happens to be a very extremely tame bird that, mm. you know, will sit on your shoulder and kind of nuzzle your ear and you can scratch her under the chin and she's just Aww. wonderful. Mm. But you can also make pet visits with a bird, especially smaller birds, in cages. Right. So if the bird is comfortable traveling around in a cage, the bird doesn't have to be taken out, doesn't have to be petted, and can still help cheer people up and give people something to talk to. I think that in many ways the pet visits are most valuable in nursing homes and assisted living homes because they provide a real topic of conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. They help uh, people get over. I know in the reading program, mm-hmm. that in the read program, that they help children uh, get over their fear of public reading. They do. And uh, they say it's because the dogs don't ever correct them. Right. <laughs> they just lie there and listen. And so there are two ways that our program is involved with the Nationwide Read Program. And if someone goes to our website, they'll find links to the Nationwide Read Program because this is a very large program and it's all over the country. Basically, the way it works is you take the training. It's a three- to four-hour training workshop without your pet. It's just training for people. And you take a, an open book test and you pay a one-time lifetime fee. And then if and when you register with a therapy animal in an organization like Delta Society or one of the other pet therapy organizations, you simply send that registration paperwork to the READ program and you get an ID card for your dog and, and an ID little badge or um, what are they called, little collar a little collar tag right? That oh. describes the read program. Plus, you get to wear fancy uniforms if you want. You can really have <laughs> these bright red read shirts with a read logo on them, and some of our read dogs have a special read vest that they wear. But basically what we do is we'll go into a library. Um, here in Rockland County, we've done this in about five or six libraries so far. With a mat, like a kind of like a large, well, like a quilt kind of mm-hmm. a comforter size mat, and spread that on the floor, and then you and your dog sit down on the mat, or the dog lies down, and then the teacher or the librarian brings over one student who has an appointment, maybe for 15 or 20 minutes, to read out loud to this dog. And so, depending on the age of the students and the you know their reading level, they might read one or two small books. They might read um, Green Eggs and Ham all the way through. They might read a chapter from a larger book. Uh, Chloe has been read to anything from really really simple, almost picture books, to uh, chapters out of Harry Potter. 
Mm. Wow. So it just so, depends on, on what um, the kids want to read. Now, in the right. libraries, it's considered animal-assisted activity, which is our our term for what we call hug-and-kiss visits. Mm. Uh, it's <laughs> more loosely organized. It's not documented. When we visit nursing homes and senior centers and assisted living homes, it's usually in that category that we go in and we just bring the dogs around to anyone who might want to visit with them. And when I say dogs, I'm really including cats, birds, and other animals who might be part of the program. But we go around to the people who are interested in petting the animals. We might be taken by our staff escort from one person's private room or bedroom you know, to another. But what we're doing is we're there to just give people an opportunity to pet the animals, talk to them, you know, feel better, um, give them something to think about, to to um, enjoy. Mm-hmm. And then the wow. uh, work that we do in the schools is different. When you work in a school in the Reed program, you're taking your registered therapy animal in on a regular basis, you make a commitment to go once a week for a certain number of weeks or an entire semester, and you work with the same children over and over again because that way the school administrators or teachers or reading specialists can track the progress that the students are making. So this all started about 10 years ago in Salt Lake City with the Intermountain Therapy Group, which is a a program that um, was an animal-assisted therapy program. And um, someone in the group uh, was friends with someone who was a librarian who wanted to do this experiment, and so they brought all these dogs in to the big Salt Lake City Library. And lo and behold, it was a huge hit. It really started out as kind of a promotional um, event, mm-hmm. and it wound up as something really serious. Oh, wow. And they found that when they tracked the progress that the kids were making, not only did their reading comprehension improve, and not only did their um, use of the library increase, but their attendance in uh, the school improved, even their personal hygiene improved. So there were all these benefits, but uh, we've seen this over and over again. Uh, Risa Hogue is our licensed read instructor. She's a member of our program. She's the one who teaches the read training classes to anyone who's interested. They can be uh, librarians or teachers. They can be just interested members of the public. They do not have to have dogs. And if they do have dogs, they don't have to yet have a registered therapy dog to take this training. It's just a wonderful opportunity to find out how it works and how to go about setting up a read program in your school or your library or your other facility. And wow. she's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, she's always so um, enthused. I, I think you ought to interview her at some point because she's We ought to. Yeah. Yes, you should. But she'll tell you about women who bring their kids in and then start to cry because their son has never been interested in reading and he's mm. running back to the librarian to say, I need another book, I need another book. Oh, I have to God, read more to this dog. <laughs> That is so great. When we, we're going to take a real short break, and when we come back, CJ, I'd really love for you to share some of these stories um, that that can show how much animals help us heal. They really mm-hmm. are our, and our partners in healing. Mm-hmm. So don't go away, anybody. We'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally. Pet Talk Naturally. We'll be right back. 
Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Barks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September 28th, at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to LouisvillePetExpo.com. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, Consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. I'm Kim Bloomer. Together with Jeannie Thomason, we're your host. And today we're speaking with C.J. Poitnin. We are talking with C.J. about pet-assisted therapy and... Uh, Boy, that was a lot of uh, great information that CJ gave us in the first half of the show, and now we're going to talk a little bit further about how some of the benefits that CJ has probably personally witnessed and knows about that animals have done to bring healing to people from youth all the way to the elderly. So, CJ, you have the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just starting with some really simple things. Um, I mentioned before that sometimes you'll go into a facility and someone's very depressed, hasn't, hasn't spoken to anyone, uh, is refusing to participate in any activities, and the animals show up and this person just turns into a chatty Kathy and has lots to say and really comes out of his or her shell. Uh, sometimes um, dogs in our program have just intuitively known who needs attention. And this is not unique to our program. This is true for animals everywhere. But there have been plenty of times where, for example, um, my friend Dolores Schaub, who's the director of our program, visited a facility. It was a nursing home in the early days of our program with one of her Doberman pinchers. And um, Shannon, the Doby just intuitively knew that this particular person needed attention. Was This person was all bent over. He was not responsive to anything. He wouldn't respond to any of his relatives. He wouldn't respond to any of the activities that, that um, the activity directors would present. But this dog came and stuck her nose under his elbow, and he Aww. blossomed like a flower. He sat <laughs> up. He smiled. He beamed. And he would truly come to life and have a really wonderful animated conversation, Aww. you know, first. Long oh, there. 
And the staff enjoys having the animals come to visit because for a whole day before they come, it gives everyone something to talk about. You know, the dogs are oh my goodness. and then the dogs actually show up, and that's a big deal. And then, you know, for a couple of days later, yeah, they still have something to talk mm-hmm. about because the pets came to visit. Aww. So it, it really helps them just come out yeah, of their shell. I was thinking, um, you know, there was there was a photo on the Hudson Valley Visiting Pets dot com site that showing a uh, standard poodle. And Jeannie and I both love um, mm-hmm. the standard poodles. I don't know. I, there's a lot of breeds I like, but that's one of my mm-hmm. well, you know favorites. Mm-hmm. And um, this dog is touching the child with her paw or his paw right. um, while she's reading. Yes. <laughs> yes that was- so cool Topsy. to see that. So special. Yeah. Topsy belongs to um, Susan Dickens, who's one of our members. Now, her first standard poodle was involved with um, a crisis response team. <clears throat> a number of our dogs and their handlers went through crisis response training. And immediately after 9-11 um, here in New York City, a number of our dogs and their handlers went down to work at the Family Assistance Center just mm-hmm. providing psychological support for mm-hmm. people, you know, in a very traumatic time. Mm-hmm. And wow. so there are many, many things that therapy dogs do, can do, are trained to do, or the training options are there that makes them very special. CJ, did the dogs in that instance, um, because I'd heard so much about the search and rescue dogs becoming depressed. Was that true of the therapy dogs or was that different? Well, you know, it all depends on on protecting your dog. This is one of the things that we give Delta Society a lot of credit for training the handlers in recognizing signs of stress. Um, those of you, uh, those of your listeners who might be interested in recognizing signs of stress in their dogs that they might not already be aware of, might enjoy taking a look at a book by Turid Rugas. She's a famous Norwegian dog trainer called Calming Signals, and mm. she's also got a wonderful DVD on that subject demonstrating a lot about canine body language and what it is our dogs are trying to tell us, and the Mm -hmm. same is true for cats. Mm -hmm. And the philosophy of um, people involved with this activity is that a dog or a cat should not be under so much stress sending out signals, you know, mom, help me, that Mm -hmm. the animal winds up having to growl, snarl, you know, snipe at someone to get the peace and quiet that they might need. So we're constantly being told and we constantly teach that when you recognize signs of stress in your animal, it's your job to be your animal's advocate, to protect your animal, to get your animal out of a stressful situation. Mm-hmm. And as far as training is concerned, this is another thing that might be of interest to your listeners. The best way to train a potential therapy dog or any animal that you might want to share with other people is to take that animal everywhere, especially from an early age. The cats that are the most successful therapy cats tend to be retired show cats because they have been dragged all over the place. (laughs) And in a cat show, they've been held up, way up in the air, Mm -hmm. stretched out, held upside down. You know, all kinds of things have happened to them. They get poked and prodded. And um, they're just totally used to it. So they're like limp rag dolls. Totally, totally relaxed. And as far as dogs are concerned, teaching dogs to go say hi is probably one of the best all-around commands that you can give to a potential therapy dog. You also want to have basic obedience so that your dog walks politely on a loose leash, um, you know, keeps 
everything, all four feet on the floor, doesn't jump on people, is nice and calm and quiet, doesn't bark, those are all pluses. But simply um, taking a beautifully trained dog into a facility doesn't necessarily make the people feel welcomed and warm and fuzzy unless the dog has been encouraged to go say hello, interact with the people, uh, not be constantly looking to the owner for permission. You know, there's just a time when you need to stand back a little bit. You're still attached to the dog through the leash, and you should still have some way of getting the dog's attention back quickly when you need to. And that's another thing, too. Paying attention to everything going on around you is so important. Uh, Sometimes we'll go into a facility and some of our handlers will temporarily forget that they've got a dog with them because they get involved with a conversation with Uh someone. And you have to stand back a little bit. You have to keep your eyes really moving around. You have to be aware of a wheelchair that might be ready to roll over your dog's tail or, you know, some someone's carrying something in a precarious fashion and they might bump into your dog or your cat or your other animal. And also just crowd control so that you can slow people down when you're about to be swarmed by a large number of people, particularly children in a preschool. I was going to oh, say wow, that. Yeah. There's more children that just like, yay, look at this, there's yeah. a dog here or whatever. And, and another thing that my friend Dolores likes to say is that the best training a potential therapy dog can ever have is to be raised in a house full of kids. Because kids <laughs> no doubt. the best training. And so when we come into uh, the little demonstration portion of the read training, when our licensed read instructor, Risa Hogue, is teaching one of these four-hour workshops for people who are interested in the read program. Sometimes we'll be able to recruit a troop of Brownie Scouts to come and demonstrate what it is that the kids do. And so we'll have demonstration dogs coming in, and we'll come in with our mats and roll them out and, you know, show the people, this is what you have to do if you come in to do this with an animal. And Mm -hmm. sit down. We've got our various pieces of equipment with us. We might have brought water and a water bowl for the dog. Um, and we're, you know, ready for anything. Get the dog. Did you what? What made you want to do this? Because I really think it takes an extra special person to give so much of themselves to do this. Not I just started, an extra special animal, but an extra special yeah, handler I, I person. I started out thinking that it would be a really good idea if I did some volunteer work. And uh, my husband and I live just a few blocks from a nursing home. And uh, the nursing home had some event that was open to the public. They were having some kind of a fair or festival. And I said, let's go and, you know, maybe I'll start volunteering there. And I walked in. And you know how there are just some times when you feel overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. not comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I kind of looked at the sad people in the wheelchairs. And I turned around and I walked right out. And I thought, I can't do this. I have no idea what to say to anybody. I have no idea what to do or how to act. Then I thought, hmm, this is like a couple years later when I had my puppy. I thought, hmm, I wonder if I did this with my dog. You know, maybe this would be something that I could be more comfortable doing. And I found out that, man, if I had a dog at the end of the leash, people just responded so quickly to her. This is an exercise that is recommended for people who are involved, getting involved with animal-assisted therapy. Go to a park. Sit at a park bench and just look at all the people going by and see, does anybody make eye contact with you? Is anybody remotely interested in you? And then go back and sit in the same place with your puppy or your dog and see what happens. <laughs> see the difference. <laughs> I know. 
these animals are just the greatest icebreakers. So I got over my own inhibitions that way, and I feel pretty comfortable going into you know anything from a locked psychiatric facility to a juvenile detention facility, to a senior center, you know, to a nursing home, to a place where half of the people are awake and half of the people are asleep, and you know some of them like dogs, some of them don't like dogs. You just you know you gain experience, you get more comfortable with it, and then when you connect, you and your animal connect with somebody. Well, you basically stay out of the way and let your animal do the connecting. It is awesome. Oh, I, I can just imagine. I'm, vi- I'm visualizing everything that you're saying as you go into these places and seeing how people react. My husband has an uncle who is in a nursing home, and all the people there get excited when my husband goes to visit his uncle because he, he chats with all the people. Right. And so he's, he's and a therapy human. <laughs> And here's something that a lot of people don't realize, and that is you do not need an animal to participate in this activity. If you live in an area where anybody is making pet visits with a registered therapy, dog, cat, bird, rabbit, or whatever, that person would probably welcome you as an escort. So we encourage people to volunteer with our program as escorts. You go to a nursing home in the middle of winter. Well, it's very, very warm because people who live in nursing homes don't get much exercise. Right, right. They may be on blood thinning medication. You know, they're usually cold, so they're all bundled up, and the place is toasty warm. Right. So we show up with our dogs and all our different layers, and it's so nice to have somebody we can just hand the coat to, you know, hand the sweater <laughs> to, somebody who can hold the bag for a minute, somebody who can open the doors for us, and most important, engage in conversation. Right. So we will take a scrapbook or a photo album with us showing your, the dog's puppy pictures or showing photos of what it is that the dog likes to do. I like to take photos of my dog swimming in a lake, um, retrieving things, you know, running in the woods, playing with other dogs, mm-hmm. and people are so startled. Oh, my goodness, I had no idea, you know, that your dog <laughs> would do these things. And, and if you've got somebody with you who can be sharing it with the people who are on maybe on the opposite side of the room from mm-hmm. the ones who are actually petting the dogs, you know, that's a big help. So there's a lot. DJ, it's amazing what you're doing, though. I mean, this is really, it's it's much broader than I thought. I mean, there's just it, it's all encompassing, and it really excited to hear that it's helping people to get well. Because you know, the goal for me to think thinking of people in nursing homes or children who can't read is to see them progress. That's right. And 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 not just to stay stagnant, right. which ha- happens That's in right. so many. But, you know, the same is true for people in Alzheimer's units. You know, they may be at the opposite end of the spectrum, but um, their lives can be brightened up for a few minutes. They may not remember you when you come back, or you may have the same, you know, conversation with them over and over. You do need a little bit of patience to do this Mm -hmm. work in some facilities. And also, it's nice to know that there are many different kinds of places that you can visit. One of our goals is to find the right place to be like a matchmaker between the new volunteers coming into our program, their personality, their interests, their dog's interests. It's usually dogs. Um, Mm -hmm. And where did the dogs feel most comfortable? For example, both of my labs, Samantha, who's no longer with us, and Chloe, are much happier in a facility where the people are physically active, where the Mm -hmm. people are maybe um, in the locked psychiatric ward at this local hospital. Maybe they're not um, emotionally um, as together as some people, but they're physically not fragile, right. and a lot of them love dogs, have had dogs, you know. And they'll. I remember one day when I was with my Samantha, 
And if I, the room that we visit is very small, so if I sit on the floor in the middle of the room on a four-foot leash, she can reach just about everybody in the room. And on one side of this room, here were these two men, and one was rubbing her shoulders, and one was rubbing her back, and she was getting this massage all over, and her tail was up and wagging. I and then bet. a few minutes later, she was on the opposite side of the room, and two other guys were doing that. And, you know, this is this is where she was really happy. Right. Oh, yeah, I just but, feel... But yeah, it's joyful to hear this for me. Yeah. <laughs> some dogs don't like that much activity. Mm-hmm. You know, some dogs and cats and birds and rabbits really prefer a much quieter, calmer, um, peaceful facility. And right. this is what you usually find in the assisted living homes. Mm-hmm. And then nursing homes and, and assisted living homes, really all the facilities kind of run the gamut from bare bones to really posh. Mm-hmm. And if you're visiting um, an affluent kind of facility, the people, trust me, they're just as lonely, they feel just as abandoned, they're suffering just as much as the people who are living in a less well-to-do uh, facility. And as far as we're concerned, you know, they all deserve visits from pets. Sure. You're not going to believe this. We've actually run down to the end of the show, but I have to applaud you, CJ, for what you're doing and for how you're growing this program so that more people can be helped nationwide because you know what? Any one of us could end up in one of those situations ourselves as we're older or for whatever reason, and and I just really think it's wonderful. Well, if there's one uh, thing that we can leave the listeners with, it's that they may be living right now with an animal that would be just perfect for this activity and they may not realize it because they might not know that much about it but if they go online look for anything having to do with animal assisted therapy go to the Delta Society website which is deltasociety.org O-R-G go to our website HudsonValleyVisitingPets.com or simply type pet therapy into their search engine they will find someone somewhere nearby close enough so that they can get started or they can get a national credential and just start their own program and they can start making visits and really changing the lives of the people that they visit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the animals will have a job. Don't they love having a job. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Give them and enrich their life. <laughs> That's well, exactly thank you right. For- Thank you so much for being with us, CJ, and uh, we want to let everybody know that you're going to be back with us again in June um, to talk more about natural animal health. So um, we'll, uh, we can probably just call, take both, both of your natural animal health and, and um, the ther- pet-assisted therapy and put those together on how you care for your own animals and help others learn about that. So, Wonderful. Um, that- That'll be, yeah, I think that'll be a great one. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. And give Chloe a hug from us for a great job. I will. <laughs> Thanks so much. And thank you. Thank everybody at Hudson Valley Visiting Pets.com and DeltaSociety.org for the work that you guys are doing. We so appreciate you guys. And in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagging, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally.